What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain there are a lot of products at on it that get the majority of the attention our emulsified MCT oils, our Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport. These are the things that everybody is talking about. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, like what I take every single day without fail, without question, the things that I will not travel without, you're talking about some of the core line as well. And one of these key products is key minerals. And the reason is that it contains calcium, magnesium, iodine, and molybdenum all of which have a variety of different benefits. So calcium and magnesium, taking those before bed, really helps the body relax. Magnesium is involved in hundreds of chemical processes, so is calcium, and I find that my quality of sleep, verified by the aura ring, which I wear around my finger, is dramatically improved when I take a calcium and magnesium blend that's in the optimum format, which our minerals are, to maximize absorption. Then, of course, there's iodine, which supports the energy system and a healthy functioning thyroid. And, of course, my favorite, molybdenum. This is any time that you have a little too much to drink. Molybdenum is involved in the breakdown of toxic acetaldehyde, one of the residues of drinking too much, and also one of the residues of carrying a candida infection, which most of us have in our gut. It's something that makes us tired, makes us fatigued, makes us feel a little bit hungover on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, that candida in our gut is like basically a hangover factory that we're constantly dealing with. And molybdenum is one of those trace minerals that helps us unwind and break down that kind of toxic acetaldehyde buildup. So this formula is one of the core formulas. I take two or three before I go to bed at night, and I take one or two with every meal throughout the day, and it really makes a dramatic difference. It's not expensive. It's really a good product that everybody should add as like a baseline supplement. So I recommend people check it out. Key Minerals, go to onit.com slash Aubrey and save 10% and get yourself on a subscription of this one because this along with the krill oil is probably two of the most essential baseline supplements that you could add on it.com slash aubrey thanks fam i've known christine hassler for many years and she is a true wizard i got to watch her at the aubrey marcus mastermind weekend bring a couple of men on stage and in a matter of moments change the way they looked at their life with huge emotional breakthroughs really unbelievable to watch she totally stole the show on the weekend and it was great to be able to sit down with her and do this podcast she's an author a podcaster a life coach and just has a wealth of wisdom and it's always a great time when we get to sit down and chat and share our poetry and share our hearts and share everything we can with you guys so i hope you enjoy christine hassler 
my friend, <laughs> my love, how are you? I'm fantastic. Always happy to be here. Good to see you. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've been on the show, but yeah, we've been hanging been. a lot. It has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been a tumultuous time for both of us. It's we keep really checking shitty. in with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I like you if the word tumultuous, but yeah, it has. Well, for, I think, you know, I, I think maybe and probably in parallel, it's been mm-hmm. the best and the worst yes. in certain certain regards. I can certainly say that about myself, but you've had a lot of challenges come up. Yes, yes. And it's it's always good to know that I have you kind of going through this similar thing. Yeah, we find ourselves in parallel in we do slightly find different ourselves. ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's nice to be on the other side of it a bit and be able to look back and go, Whew, all right, glad I made it to the shore after that one. But I would say the last, well, it was after you and I taught the love retreat last Memorial Day weekend yep. that things just got rough for me. And it was- Like immediately after. Immediately. Your face, immediately. Your face broke <laughs> immediately after. You had a broken face. I did. I was here. Uh-huh. And all of us, well- Okay, so just to give a little context, the first part of last year was the busiest of my life. I had moved, I was shooting a TV show, I was flying all over, I taught like four different retreats. I was was just all over the place and I was in nervous system overdrive and like not checking in with myself. My meditation practice was off. I was just go, 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 very much in my masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself, and we always have to be mindful of the things we tell ourselves, I just have to make it to May 31st. Then I get a break, May 31st, May 31st. And then May 31st hit and my nervous system went, okay, so now we're going to just totally shut down. Force you to take a break. Force you to take a break. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, body, once again. (laughs) And I was sitting outside your office and you came out to go get a massage and I just looked at you and I I don't know what I said, like, I think I'm dying or something dramatic like that. Uh Because it was the weirdest sensation I have ever had, ever physically. I can't even explain it. And that started a year. And it was of, like a weird swelling near your eye. Well, and like, well, that's came. Yeah, the swelling in my eye started at our retreat, and then and then like I had this just nervous system breakdown, basically, where my I think it's just my body kind of started to give out on me. It had been in fight or flight for so long, and since I unconsciously had been programming it, May thirty first, May thirty first, on that day, my body was like, okay, we're not in flight or flight anymore, and so I think it just was this flood of all kinds of hormones or whatever. You you would know the biochemistry better mm-hmm. than I would. But what it did is it started a year of just random physical symptoms. Like I had eye pain and head pressure. I had chest and arm pain and numbness. I had pelvic pain. I stress fractured my foot, stomach stuff, like every part of my body. And I really identified with being a healthy person. So having all these physical things go wrong, in addition to personal life things, being kicked out of my home, just a bunch of stuff. I I kind of was like, okay, uncle universe. Like, I don't know how much more I can kind of take. And Mm. people listening have been through worse. But for me, especially since, and this is is a good reminder of when we think we're there, we think we're done, or we think we've, you know, process things. Life has a funny way of reminding us, oh, hello, you're still human. There's there's more to learn. Looking back on this past year, it was it was an ego death for me. I had to disidentify with a lot of things that I didn't even know I was so identified with. Physical health, appearance, home, relationships. And I also had to come face to face with a pattern of looking to be fixed looking for the answer. Who's the 
healer or what's the treatment or what can I go and do to resolve this problem inside of me? And the more and more I was looking outside of me for some solution and reinforcing the belief that something was wrong with me, the worse the symptoms got. And I think when we get kind of in something, we lose sight of the truth. And I was literally losing sight of the truth. And I was having all this eye pressure and eye pain and this massive fear of blindness that was coming up for me. And really what my body was, looking back in hindsight, what my body was attempting to show me was that I needed to look more inside. I needed to stop looking out for for all my answers. Sure. So anyway, we can unpack that as much as you want. But what I eventually got to was I had to get to a place of such discomfort to get to total surrender. Um, I, I like control. I like... <laughs> <laughs> With at least the illusion of control. The illusion we of control. We all like the illusion yeah. of it. And I like feeling good. And I like knowing what's coming next and all those things. And... And also the other thing is I really had to ask for help because there were some times when I was in so much physical pain and so scared. And I just moved to a new city too that it was like, who do I call? And and that was that was a stretch for me too. Did you ever pray? I did pray, but it was more like begging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing because I don't that's not something, it's not a word I identify with, mm-hmm. but in my hardest times, and I had my darkest times mm-hmm. and you know, someday I'll tell the full story of the circumstances that created some of my darkest times mm-hmm. this year. And, but during that time, like I was compelled to pray. Mm-hmm. And that was, it's a, in a way, that's just really asking for help in, yes. from a place of surrender. Yes. And uh, yeah, it does kind of look like begging. Yes. Yeah. It's really like, just please. Just please. How, and, can and, I get some direction? Yes. Can I get some insight? Can I get some way out of this? Yeah. And uh, it's pretty powerful when you humble yourself enough to say that maybe I can't figure this out all on my own. Maybe I do need a little bit of help from the universe. Yes, yes. And that was a huge, I always thought that I was open and was co-creating with the universe and was open to help. And But being in, being almost forced to such a deep place of surrender and getting being literally on my knees crying just like help, please help like i don't know which direction to go it had me take a different look at my relationship with god spirit whatever we want to call it like it's mm-hmm. all kind of the same to me um that there was also this sneaky little limiting belief that i had to really be suffering to ask for help mm. you know like that okay it's bad enough now now i can reach out now I can ask. You think for help. that's some some feeling that you deserve the suffering? That's that's probably at the base of that. Yeah, that you haven't been enough. That you haven't done enough good, or you haven't right. whatever. Right. Typically, is where that where that belief comes from. Right. Right. That that this suffering and somehow is my penance, or you know somehow I'm earning something through this suffering. And when I started to see that pop up, it 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 made me look at my relationship with God and the universe and how how I had forgotten that the universe really wants me to be healthy and happy and all of those things. Like that is my truth and that is my essence. And it's not, I'm not being punished. This is just my body working to get my attention to something. A good way for me to look at the universe, because sometimes the universe gets abstract and you feel like you're separate from it and it has a will and it's like, you get back into that anthropomorphized 
god goddess kind so of so glad paradigm. you said that word because i can never say that word <laughs> <laughs> but recognizing that your higher self is also like the agent of the mm -hmm. universe acting on your behalf like mm -hmm. fully connected to the universe and so you can actually look at it in a smaller way and just substitute my highest self right. for the universe because your highest self is not concerned with your temporary pain mm -mm. doesn't give a shit about your temporary mm -mm. pain it's looking at the long game it's looking at your life cycle through multiple lives across eons and you know eternal mm -hmm. manifestation right mm -hmm. so it's not focused on oh she's having a bummer of a year like it doesn't give a fuck about your year it gives a fuck about your growth yes you know and it really cares about you yeah it wants you to enjoy but it wants you to also learn yes and and learning and growing and being more of who you are is the thing that is prioritized by your highest self and so recognizing that sometimes the universe seems like this it's like a very hard personal trainer for the soul <laughs> it know? really is it's just like it's gonna push you to the areas that you need to be pushed i think it pushes us into the areas that scare us the most mm -hmm. because that is where we get to our knees yeah and we ask for help and we are inspired motivated driven forced sometimes to look at parts of ourselves that we haven't ever looked at you know and i really my higher self really wanted me to let go of the story that i was broken you know i started having health and physical yeah. things from a young age so there was an old very old story there's something wrong with you and there was a lack of trust of being in a physical body and all the physical things made me trust it less it was almost like i became scared of my own body and i think a lot of people that have any kind of health conditions you go into that pattern because you think your body is against you. And so you start fighting with the body, which is the exact opposite of what the body wants. The body's just like, no, 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 I'm really trying to bring your awareness to something. Yep. I'm trying to bring your attention to something. And if I look back, when I started to, to really heal and move out a lot of the fear, like I started to get to a place where I'd have physical symptoms, but I'd manage the fear around it and go into, okay, what what body are you, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to see? What are you trying to tell me? What's the message here? And all the physical symptoms in the area of my body that always had a message or they were attached to old trauma, like areas in, in the past where I had been sick or something had happened to me physically, that's where the pain was coming from. And so it was a doorway into letting a lot of that stuff go. But I had to stop thinking my body was my enemy and stop trying to fight against it. And every time I had like a toothache thing, <gasps> Yeah. Oh, oh god i need a root canal comes. you know yeah 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 and it, and really understanding that so this process of your higher self guiding you to this mm -hmm. it's like it can seem really woo woo but then when you realize that it's really your subconscious that guides a lot of the decision making and the direction that you end up going mm -hmm. you know this is really those un you know deeper layers of your psyche yes. that are communicating on a deeper level with your body like whoa this ego this choice maker is making this body sick like we have to create the remedy to that solution and then your higher self is like well the solution is going to be painful at first it's going to require the revelation of mm -hmm. these patterns and the unwinding of these patterns so hang on body you know yeah grab your grab your grab your underwear because yeah. this is going to get rough for a little <laughs> yeah. while and but then ultimately this is going to let the unified self become aware of these mm -hmm. processes so it can fix those processes and ultimately yield a better result yeah 
And so it's, it's just interesting with this multiplicity of selves. We are. And just understanding how the interplay of the multiplicity of selves works ultimately to our benefit and ultimately can also work yeah. you know, to our detriment you know, if we're not mindful and not aware. Well, if we don't uh, know how they work together, right? Because yeah. they all are for our highest good and they want us to win and they want us to thrive and the cells in our body and our unconscious, it all wants us to be healthy. And, and the body is the best way the unconscious has to talk to us. I think it's what about 95% of behavior is driven by our unconscious. That only leaves like 5% that's actually consciously driven. Mm -hmm. So the body's this incredible messenger that makes us aware of, brings our attention, helps to bring our attention to things, to files that are locked way, 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 way far away. Yeah. So it is really useful and it's it's really how we relate to the pain that I think influences how painful it truly is and what we make the pain mean. When I was making the pain mean there's something wrong with me, something detrimental is gonna happen, the pain was more painful. But when I was able to see the pain as, okay, you're really here to serve me, I, I don't believe this body is broken, then the the pain became more of a messenger than than a torture device. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's crucial. Where it gets really trippy to me is, you know, generally the body wants symbiosis and wants thriving. And so like all the cells, as if they're individual organisms voting to the collective decision-making body, are generally pushing in the right direction. But then we have these like parasites and worms in our body, right? And these pathogenic organisms that might want to turn us into flesh so like yeah. just pure like might want to actually kill us yeah so that they can thrive and multiply and devour and then return to the earth and like there's it, it it's an interesting thing because when you fast and when you cleanse and you kind of quiet those forces whether it's candida or whether it's parasites and you get that out you find this really this kind of clarity of vibration and it's almost like this mixed message and i think somatically there's a a root of uh, this kind of chaotic vibration mm. that kind of wants to put us in the dirt mm. you know and so so making that link between there's parts of our body that do want us to thrive but there actually might be parts of our body that actually want to put us in the dirt but are those really our body or is that like something that is well they're living there they're living body. there and so i think like they're, and they're they're within yeah they're tenants but yeah. they're within that they're within our field they're within our field yeah and i think anything within our field is subtly communicating so like recognize that all patterns and all instincts coming from the body and coming from ourselves, some might be genuinely mm. self-destructive. Mm -hmm. Like that urge to reach for more sugar could be driven by the candida, which wants the sugar to thrive, which is antagonistic right. to the body's higher good. But that could be part of the hijack process. Could be also some part of, you know, neurochemical, yeah. you know, dopamine release. And there's other factors there. But I think recognizing that, you know, we have to be clear that not all voices, some of the voices of the ego, some of the voices even in the body are going to be self-destructive mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. And to to know and have the discretion and discernment to say, all right, is this voice, where is this voice, is this coming, voice from? coming from? Mm -hmm. Is this coming from the parts of me that want me to thrive yeah. and want me to live? Is this coming from the parts that want to teach me a lesson? Is this coming from the parts that really want to destroy me and knowing which way it comes from is important. And I think we know that by how the voice makes us feel. Yeah. So if the voice makes us feel wrong or criticized or fearful, terrified, any of those things, probably not the voice of the higher self, authentic self. It's actually mirrors what Paul Selig says about anybody who's trying to channel and anybody mm -hmm. trying to get messages externally. Like he says, if the voice that comes in 
makes you afraid or if the voice that comes in flatters your ego too much you know mm-hmm. and puffs you up too much that is not a voice you want to listen to right shut that voice out yeah you know so like both sides can both be sides. dangerous yep. you know so if that voice comes in like you're the greatest you're unstoppable you're the best mm-hmm. you know no one's better than you you're better than all these peasants you know like if that yeah. voice comes in shut that motherfucker so that, down yeah. you know and if the voice comes in and makes you really scared and terrified that's probably not the right voice either you know it should be that voice that opens your heart yeah, yeah it feels expansive i it reminds me so when i first started coaching back in 2000 five um mona who was my coach who was training me a bit i had a session with like one of my first clients and i called her afterwards and i said oh my god it was so great this and that and i I was just doing that like Mm -hmm. celebration and she said you're off course and i said what do you mean it was a great session she goes never should have high ego never should have low ego if you end up on either side of those you're in the wrong place love neutral gratitude but if you're like boast in yourself and feel super great after the session you just use your client to make yourself feel good i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah. but on the same side we we can't go the other direction either i think that a lot of people need a little bit more of the self-acknowledgement and that may be a good thing to talk about like what is healthy self-acknowledgement versus ego boasting right i think healthy self-acknowledgement is actually feeling proud of ourselves authentically like, like f- well knowing that we're doing what we're here yeah, to do yeah yeah there's a there's a deep satisfaction in that yeah that's a very quiet satisfaction like i know when when i've put the best things out in the universe like mm-hmm. i don't want to go celebrate and jump around i actually get quiet and kind mm-hmm. of emotional mm-hmm. you know like very still and like some tears will well up in my eyes and yep. i'll be like oh, i just did what i'm here to do yeah. and it's I- like a deep satisfaction but it's not a loud satisfaction yeah you know it's not something i want to write about or go cheers and it's it's weird when people want to celebrate it it's just like no 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 no. like let's just be chill like this is what this is what i'm here to do and i did it and and that's all there needs to that's all there needs to be i i totally agree with that because i feel a sense of of peace and the last thing i want to do is go and be like ah like it because it doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a celebration it just feels more like it's like true alignment like there's just like a things are there's a peacefulness that comes with it and it's interesting, you know, the uh, the ego can have these real highs. Mm. Like, and I was talking about this actually with with Eric on my team here. And the ego can create a lot of suffering, but it can also create a, a big high. Like, imagine that moment if you use the MMA example where Chuck the Iceman Liddell knocks someone out and he stretches his arms out and roars to the sky. Like, that's an ego high moment, yep. right? Or like when LeBron James dunks on somebody and just fucking snarls at them or yells up and their Steph Curry hits a three and yells at the, you know, yells to the sky. Like, those feelings feel really good. And I think that's, it's okay to enjoy those as the Toltecs say, as your controlled folly mm-hmm. and like, let that wolf out there to howl every once in a while, yes. you know? And we're not saying don't ever do that, but recognize that that is the ego. But when the higher self does something good, it's typically never going to be pounding mm-hmm. its chest about that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a, a quiet satisfaction of, all right, you know mm-hmm. we did it and mm-hmm. it's a it's a kind of a magical feeling it is a magical feeling it's like a, it, it tingles it, it is sparkles. it is like a little tingly sparkling magical universe unicorn rainbowy feeling um it's for me i think it's it's in those moments where i remember the truth of who i am mm-hmm. because i yeah. think i think less than you know we're here for like a mission and a purpose those are all expressions our unique expressions 
my sense is the the reason we're here is is to really remember the truth of who we are and then co-create from that truth mm -hmm. and express our unique piece of the puzzle whatever that looks like for us and most of my suffering and the suffering i see in the people that i work with is forgetting who we are which is truth which is love which is whole which is complete which is enough i mean we all fall into that misunderstanding that we're inadequate in yeah. some way and we spend our lives trying to fill whatever void or get whatever validation we didn't get as a kid or compensate for whatever inadequate inadequacy was there and then someday we realize oh my gosh nothing was missing mm. all along like nothing was missing all yeah, along i was whole i was whole and and that's to me that that knowing when i get that that's the same feeling as when i quote unquote accomplish something that's truly in alignment with my unique expression yeah it's that feeling of oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah it's interesting you know because that that acknowledgement that paul selig from the guides reads is i know who i am in truth i know what i am in truth and i know how i serve in truth mm. and when you're serving in truth and and then you almost it almost requires that you know who you are and what you are to be able to serve in yeah. truth so everything like clicks in into alignment and then we really do feel like the truth of who we are and that's that's special and i mm -hmm. think that's the the thing that we should target yes you know when when we're talking about aiming at heaven this is a you know metaphor that jordan peterson used aim at heaven well heaven is knowing and expressing the truth of who you are mm -hmm. and then he says start at home well mm -hmm. that's doing the steps necessary to unpack all the work yep. that you have to do mentally physically psychologically spiritually to get to that point yeah. where you can have those moments and hopefully extend those moments and maybe even live in those moments yeah. where we're in accord with our highest yeah. truth. And I think we go through different phases in in that process. For me, this past year was a lot of processing past stuff. And I think there's necessary times for that. But eventually I got to the point where it was like, okay, I've left no stone left unturned, uncovered. Like I've I've processed so much. I'm Velveeta at this point like there's been a lot of processing mm -hmm. and I had to make that shift from moving away from what I don't want and more toward the truth of who I am mm -hmm. and the remembrance of that and and when I made that shift that's when things really started to change because it shifted me back into the truth because yeah. I was in the amnesia of something's wrong and I need to fix it what's the solution versus no let me shift my attention to the truth of who i am and then things will catch up yeah the fastest way to stay in truth is to change your actual perception mm -hmm. so you, you know and it, man i keep talking about paul selig but he, he really talks about perceiving even those things that we would typically perceive yeah. as negative perceive them immediately as positive and that will take a lot of you know a lot of foresight because in hindsight we can look back and say oh yeah that was that thing was beneficial that was helpful but looking ahead to the future, all of these things look like disasters. Yes. You know, like you're you're probably grateful for everything that happened to you this year. Oh my gosh, everything. Right? But yeah, but that moment when I was kicked out of my dream home and yeah. I was like, where am I gonna go? But imagine oh. if you had the foresight to yeah. at that moment be like, oh, this is cool. Right. This is gonna yield a good result. I don't look at this as bad. This is an interesting yep. challenge. Yep. You know, and then it would catalyze the whole the whole thing a little differently. Yes. And obviously we have to learn the lessons to be Absolutely. able to do that. But I think that's the that's the end goal. Absolutely. And I had like, I, I will say I had a lot of judgment on myself this year by the way I was handling things. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should know better. I shouldn't be suffering so much. Like, 
come on, Christine, like get your act together. And and I then I had the awareness of, wow, would I ever treat any of my clients with this kind of judgment? And it really was giving myself that compassion that I give to so many other people and looking at it, like making those those shifts in perceptions, but also just having a lot of compassion for my humanness. Because this past year, one thing that it's gifted me with again is just a deeper level of compassion for what mm-hmm. humans go through, like a much deeper level of compassion. And I don't think we necessarily have to suffer to understand compassion. Maybe I'm an experiential learner, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely I helped. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I could really. How do you understand? How do you have compassion for someone else's suffering if you've never tasted I, I it? I don't know. That's why I just I don't, don't think, know, think I that don't we think, can. I don't think you can. I just don't think that we can. And I mean, you can hypothesize the f- particular flavor of suffering that someone has, you know, but only because you know suffering and can reference exactly. that suffering itself. You know, it, it other if you haven't known any suffering, you can't understand any suffering. Right. But if we can relate to our suffering with yeah. this really is in service, this is this is truly for me. And about that change in perception, my favorite definition of a miracle, which I'm sure you've heard, is a miracle is a change in perception. Mm-hmm. And it is. And we can always change how we look at things. And I think we forget that sometimes because it's easy to fall into the the victim, especially when something happens that's shocking and totally unexpected and and out of alignment with like how we live our lives or what we truly want. But it's in those moments, I think, that we really discover even more fully who, fully who we are. Totally. Because it's how, how we respond to the hardest things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that note, yeah. so at one of my hardest times, um, I wrote a poem mm-hmm. and I sent it to you mm-hmm. and you replied to that poem. So mm-hmm. I thought we would read that yeah. here on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I think it kind of encapsulates a lot of what we've been, uh, what we've been saying. I think so. so too. I think, well, and I'll just say, when I wrote, this was a couple months ago and I was kind of coming out of my, um, this this phase. And one of the things that was huge for me this past year was really learning what the divine feminine looks like, not looks like, feels like and acts and, and bringing into harmony my masculine and feminine, right? So that was a big part of my learning this year was how do, how do the masculine and feminine, how do they exist in harmony? Mm. And how do I um, hold my suffering in harmony with both of those elements? Like when do I need that masculine and when yeah. do I need that that feminine? Obviously as a woman, I'm leaning more towards the feminine, but that was another kind of beautiful treat that came out of this past year was um, how how healing the feminine is. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Can you say you're lucky when the universe hits you square in the jaw, breaks your bones, you're seeing stars, sipping smoothie through wired bars? Can you say it then? Wow, I'm blessed. Can you remain open when the universe pulls the rug from beneath your feet, pierces your heart, your tears are streaming, dizzied by another unexpected turn of the tides? Will you feel then I'm safe? Can you say you're thankful when the universe takes your favorite toy, rips it out of your hands, pounds precious glass into sands, you never got to say goodbye? Can you say it then? Man, I'm grateful. 
Can you remain grateful when the universe removes your prized jewel, steals it from your delicate hands, leaves you empty? You struggle to understand why. Will you feel then I am whole? Can you say you're wealthy when the universe spins fortune's wheel, takes everything you've ever owned, you're sitting on the lawn with foreclosed on your dream home? Can you look up at the sky and say, damn, I'm rich? Can you remain soft when the universe brings you harshness, challenges all you clung to, you're questioning all your beliefs, tempted to build walls around your dreams? Will you breathe into your belly and stay tender? Can you say you were beautiful when time erodes your supple skin, clouds obscure your amber eyes, your sex no longer anyone's prize? Can you whisper then, look at you, handsome devil? Will you look at yourself and see beauty, even when time has painted lines on your face, each one with a story to tell, your body no longer the object of desire? Will you whisper then, I see you, you are beautiful? Can you love with all your heart, knowing that death will own everyone you've ever known, and you will die too? Can you sing that knell loud and true? Hokahe, today is a good day. Can you love with all your heart, with no expectation of its return, knowing that nothing is forever, not even your own life? Will you still dance under the stars singing, Aho, it feels so good to be alive? If you can, you are a man, my son, you are a man. If you will, you are a woman, my sister, my daughter, my mother, my friend, you are a woman. Mm. <laughs> That's the first time I've read that since <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, the interplay between, you know, the the dance between the masculine and the feminine here. Mm -hmm. It's the core is human. Mm -hmm. You know, the common ground is human. And mm -hmm. then the flavor, the right. flavor just has a different, just a different hue. Yeah. And it just that hue determines a different perception and a different processing rate in a different way. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because probably both of us had to draw on both the feminine and the masculine sure. to help us out of these certain situations. And certain times, you know, when it got really hard for me, I was totally in the feminine, mm. which is total surrender. And it was so much so that it was very difficult for me to get back in the masculine. Yeah. And so when I would do like an ecstatic dance that had something to do with the warrior archetype, which is my kind of divine masculine archetype, that, that high masculine, I'm a warrior protector, uh, you know, a torch in the night prometheus mm -hmm. you know the sword that mm -hmm. like the the oath that the fucking the the people take on the wall in game of thrones <laughs> you know that thing was really hard for me yeah and i would just weep when i would just mm -hmm. weep because i didn't feel i was so i had you know my only outlet was surrender at that point so it was hard for me to be in balance with that sure. and then ultimately but that was also really helpful to get that deep into this surrender it was my only real way out and then eventually was able to bring that back and then you know use that to use that other force to mm -hmm. like pick myself up and forge into it and have the courage to share and to mm -hmm. write these things and to open myself up and and create the create the change externally also yeah. that i needed to, cre to create so it was interesting how i you know 
wavered immediately deep into the deep surrender of the feminine like here i am you know i'm a buoy in the universe's storm untethered from the bottom where will the storm take me i don't Mm. know it's not mine to decide Mm -hmm. you know let the Mm -hmm. but i feel it all but i feel it all yeah i can't stop feeling it all yeah and to like okay now let me tether let me anchor let me you know let me put a propeller on this thing let me turn it to a boat let me you know bend into the wind let me use my will to start to to chart the course a little bit too yes i love what you said i love everything that you just said but something really struck me and that i think is such a healthy expression of the masculine you said you picked yourself up and that's so different than pushing yourself forward i think that's where a lot of men and women too we we just push and we push and we push and we force rather than allowing the surrender allowing ourselves to be the mess to fall apart not that the feminine is just a hot mess that falls apart all the time the feminine <laughs> the feminine is very powerful and, and creative well, and the all feminine those things is also the storm absolutely <laughs> you know absolutely. so it's, it's the buoy and the storm exactly. at the it's same all, time so it's all up in there yeah. yep yep uh but allowing that allowing ourselves to feel before we force in ourselves our full expression and then from that going all right now now direction versus the the push 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 just because we have to and let's just like throw these feelings aside let's ignore the storm that's going on and just like forge forward i think that's the old paradigm that we're mm-hmm. shifting out of yeah yeah and I, I think that is an important distinction to recognize like there's a surrender there's a feminine surrender to power mm-hmm you know which is also that kind of shakti kali energy which is like it is not you know it is not like uh it's just a different thing it doesn't have to be weak and it doesn't have to be vulnerable it can also be like the most powerful absolutely force that exists but nonetheless it's it's an allowance of that to come through rather than a an attempt to push that through Mm -hmm. you know and that's i think the balance of the feminine is not you know intentionally creating that force right. like i'm going to paddle this storm into existence or blow this storm into existence or pull you know lightning bolts from the sky it's just like <laughs> i am fucking lightning yeah, bolts exactly you know yeah. i am i am all this this is what i am if yeah. i surrender to the truth of who i am that's what that's i am what it is. Mm-hmm. you know i am cat five hurricane like, yeah. here we go yeah and i think that's just the difference in the flavors of the masculine and feminine the masculine is the doing of the thing right. you know in a lot of ways and the feminine is the surrendering to the thing but equally can be equally equally can be powerful. and when they're yeah when they're in harmony and they're in balance and they're dancing together it's magic yeah and we all have that we see that outwardly in our relationships but we also have that inner expression within ourselves you know and for me i've learned that when it, it works better for me if i think of my masculine responding to the feminine like the feminine it is she gets the ideas and the creativity and the insight and the intuition and the wisdom and it's kind of all all over you know it's like a puzzle pieces like spread out all over the floor floor a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and then my masculine energy can come in and go okay where are the corner pieces let's mm-hmm. put these here and like how do we fill the rest in and then they work together to to co-create but when I was in that pushing, pushing, pushing energy that eventually wore me out, it got stuff done, but there was a whole side that was missing. Right. And that leads to the depletion part. Yeah. What do you see? You work with a lot of you work with a lot of women. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we were discussing when we were at lunch is how much women are in their masculine now. Yes. You know, so what do you think has kind of precipitated that? And like why is that so prevalent at this point? 
Well, I think it's been thousands and thousands of years of precipitation, if that's the right word, <laughs> um, of, you know, I think the things that we feel most afraid of or most oppressed by, we try to become most, most like, because that's how we think sure. that we'll get the it's acceptance. It's an adaptation. Exactly. And over time, I think the feminine has been very oppressed, enslaved, hurt by the masculine. And so an adaptive technique that women have done is, okay, well, if I want to survive, and not just like physically these days, but let's say I want to survive in corporate America, mm -hmm. then I'm going to have to adapt and be more like the man. And I also think that, I mean, just look how disconnected we are from the earth. I think we've lost touch with the power of the feminine and we live in a more just masculine paradigm. And so it's there's more models of how to exist in the world sure through force and planning. And it's not like in school, we learned, all right, everybody, we're gonna sit in meditation and see what ideas drop in today for, yeah. for our curriculum. It's no structure, form, da, 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 da. So I think that we're, we're conditioned by that too. And I think a lot of women, like you said, the feminine is a storm, it's a lightning bolt. Like that was a big part of my last year was like learning the, like the, the ride the waves of sure. feminine. It can be terrifying at times because it's a lot. When you really open up to that energy, you feel a lot. And a lot of us are afraid to feel. And I think a lot of women are scared of their emotions or their emotions have been judged in the past or not understood or tried to fix. And so it was just easier to, let me just sweep these under the rug and I can deal with them another time. And it's just much easier to be a people pleaser and make sure no one else is upset. And like, I can just manage all this. And that, again, forces us into our masculine energy because the more we repress that, the more we're in that doing, doing, doing thing. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of the repressive, the general repressive tendency of the, you know, masculine patriarchy that's kind of dominated world history in the past few thousand years comes from a deep fear of that feminine power. Yes. You know, like that shit's scary to yes. a man who's off balance like if you don't have your if, you, if you're not ready for the storm you know it'll take you and whip your emotions into a and obliterate you to a thousand pieces and i think there is an element of, of the interplay between the masculine and feminine where mm -hmm. in relationship in particular and you know a woman in her power will really really challenge you yep you know and it'll really force you to be the best version of yourself and that's part of the sacred agreement of this yeah. like I'm occasionally gonna blow my winds at 110. How build, how how well did you build your house? Mm -hmm. You know, is because I'm gonna live in that house with you. Yeah. Like, is it sturdy? Yeah. Because here comes the motherfucking winds. Right. You know, and instead of like saying, "All right, well, let me go check my house," men are like, "Hey, stop blowing! What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, like no storms <laughs> yeah. here. Allowed. No storms Shut yeah, up. yeah, yeah. I like the calm. Over there. I like yeah. it calm. Calm everything every day calm have my dinner ready mm -hmm. no storms you know like i know my house is shit don't talk about it but we're looking at it the wrong way like yeah. whatever comes it's that beautiful image of shiva who's just letting kali dance on his chest with the heads and arm necklace and her tongue wild mm -hmm. and her black hair like and yeah. he's just looking like ah my gal yeah i love her yeah you know what i'm saying like he's got his shit so sorted that's like bring you it, can bring it on. fucking bring it yeah. what do you got today know. you know like world world destroying <laughs> fucking storm force like all right yeah. let's go that's calling you know and that's and that's the that's the dance you know and and the stronger the male is the bigger that container and the more that he can hold 
And it doesn't have to be in a negative way. It could be that same force of love. The wind could be love and the wind could be joy and the wind could be attention and the wind could be a celebration of the beauty, you know, that is. It doesn't have to be on the on the negative side. It's just that much energy, if you're not structurally sound, will fucking topple you. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also discerning between you know, feminine energy, powerful, empowered feminine energy versus the more wounded feminine energy. Like there's there's a difference between a woman in full self-expression, just having her collie moment, having her storm, whatever, versus the attacking, criticizing, yeah, the repressed, viperish, yes. poisonous yes. version as well. Yes, the the just a lot of her own unresolved issues that she's just projecting all over that that's that's not the kind of storm we're talking about that's an unhealthy more codependent no. type of but dynamic. then at, in the same regard like it's still an opportunity for yep. the masculine to be at a different vibration where yep. that snake goes to bite and all it catches is air absolutely it's like oh uh yeah yeah uh, you thought you were gonna bite my leg but actually i'm not in that dimension i'm at a different vibration so you won't actually be able to bite me here. Mm-hmm. And like when you're at your best, you can receive that. And it's like, you know, really feels like snapping snakes. And this is something that you can practice mm-hmm. like in the astral. Like if you're in an ayahuasca journey, and this is something that Hamilton South had taught me too. Like mm. if you're in an ayahuasca journey and you get attacked by a snake, which is not that uncommon, um, you have a couple choices. One, you can master the snake in the old paradigm way. I'm going to become stronger. I'm going to bring my force to bear and I will overcome you and subdue you by force, right? That's a choice. It usually ends up in a long, long ass battle with fucking moderate success. Or you elevate yourself to love and just pour love on that snake. And as it goes to bite you, you just envision it going right through you and keep saying, I'm you. You can't bite me Mm -hmm. because I'm you and I am all things Mm -hmm. and I am love and you're part of love. And there's no way for you to bite me because we are same. And then just let it let it try to go to town and keep yourself at that vibration of love and the whole thing will just settle down way faster and way smoother and you'll form that alliance with that energy way quicker. And I think that's a that's a lesson from, you know, crazy hallucinogenic astral, you know, <laughs> astral that you can apply very, very much the same relationship. Uh-huh probably easier to practice it in the astral than it is to practice it in the physical Mm -hmm. because that shit hurts especially when they touch on those points yes that are the buttons the buttons Mm -hmm. but you know i had a i had a relationship with someone who is particularly adept at finding those buttons and like a lot of people would question like why the fuck are you with her you know like she's a witch she's like going after she always goes after people's like vulnerabilities i was like yeah yeah i know it's awesome like i'm learning so much about myself Mm -hmm. like i'm learning all the spots every spot that she's hitting is a spot that i haven't elevated to that kind of vibration right because she's finding them she's finding them oh look at that one there look that one was that was involved in in this insecurity in this insecurity she's she had just this knack of hitting these and you know i think that was something that you can appreciate Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. obviously it can be fucking exhausting at the same time but you know it doesn't have you don't have to look at that as necessarily negative now of course being in a protracted situation like it's not going to be fun no it's not going to be fun long term no. but it doesn't mean that when that comes up you have to react to it and you have to acknowledge oh this is so toxic this is so okay maybe if you allow it to be if you allow yourself to get bitten yeah. then maybe it is toxic yeah or maybe you just keep defending in. defending defending right. and don't ever see yeah 
Don't ever see how the snake's serving you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so side note on this podcast, I just had my first dose of theobromine. Yes. Like concentrated theobromine. I've, it feels pretty good. Does it? I should have had good. some with you. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's kind of like euphoric, kind of caffeinated, but it is making me uh, need to urinate. Okay, well then. I'm going to go do, do that. that. Go do that. Yeah, I'm going to go do that. So uh, plus one for theobromine, but okay. be wary that be you're going to have that... to take a piss in about right. 30 minutes from, from so, taking it. So not, we're gonna, not good we're for gonna, road trips. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to fucking pause for a second, and then I'm going to do that, and okay. then we'll be back. Okay. I say we jump back in with yeah. the second poem that I wrote. Actually, it kind of simultaneously to this one, and uh, since it ties into the masculine and feminine, and cool. uh, there'd be an awkward re-entry from my pee break anyway, so let's just jump <laughs> okay, right back okay, into this, uh, this poem right here. Perfect. All right. A man is a mountain. He is a bed for weary minds, a ladder for souls to climb, a haven for all this, a haven for all the forsaken. He is a pilgrimage, a rite of passage, a wayfinder to God. Covered in snow, covered in grass, he grows in mass over time and lifetime. A woman is an ocean. She is the calm waters and the stormy seas, a womb for all creation, a mysterious place to swim inside. She is home, an initiator of growth, a way shower to God, covered in blood, wrapped in water. She opens and deepens over time and a lifetime. You push, he stays. You strike, he lays. You lash, he forgives. You curse, he laughs. You leave, he remains. You come, he welcomes. You belittle, he smiles. You pull away, she stays. You hide, she finds you. You play small, she calls you forward. You leave, she loves more. You come, she welcomes. You patronize, she smiles. For what does a mountain have to prove? He has no scale to measure, no eyes to compare, no ego to defend. If you ask him what he is, he will reply, I am the rocks, the dirt, the air, and all the life in between. For what does an ocean need to do to be loved? She has nothing to earn, no worthiness to aspire to, no need to be chosen. If you ask her what she is, she will reply, I am the water, the sand, the air and all the life in between. I am the first to greet the sun. I kiss the moon goodnight. Use the clouds as my clothes. Wear the stars as adornment. Sing through eagles' cries. And never, ever do I hide my sighs. I am the heartbeat of the earth. My movements shape the land. I create storms and beautiful sunsets all in the same day flowing in the delight of my power, and never, ever do I hide my depth. A mountain is a man. An ocean is a woman. You crushed that. <laughs> you absolutely crushed that reply. That's so good. It's been a, you know, been a minute since I read that. I mean, some of these parts are just so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Good like, job. Like I said, it was Way the first time I... That's all I can say. Just fucking good are we, job. Wait, are we celebrating? What's going on? These I can, are celebrate, I can I celebrate you. I'm allowed to celebrate you. <laughs> well, I celebrate... I mean, you you, you drew this out of me, Obson, and 
it's one of the many reasons I'm so grateful for you and for our connection. You know, it's it's so I've learned a lot about the masculine and feminine through our connection and our relationship. And I think it's so important to have people in your life that you can explore that with because it's one thing to hear about it esoterically and mm-hmm. but it's another thing to be in the dance with somebody and and get to talk about it and feel about it and and wonder about it and experience it. So thank you for yeah. being a mountain in my life <laughs> and oh. thank you it's you know it's it's so cool to be and really i think it's funny like people have so many ideas about relationship yeah you know and and there's like one category there's like two categories of relationship there's like friend and then there's like romantic you know person mm-hmm. whether that's your girlfriend or fiance or wife or whatever and it, it, it like the the honoring of those things that are in between you know like really special soul level connections mm-hmm. with people you know it's like it lacks a label and so it doesn't it doesn't get pursued and it doesn't get appreciated and i think it's you know it's cool to have that connection with you where it's not like we talk all the time mm-hmm. or see each other all the time mm-hmm. but it's as soon as we you know engage we know that we're yeah. meeting each other yeah. in a very like in a very matched way and there's no compulsion to advance this into something else or Mm -hmm. call it this or call it that Mm -hmm. it's just an acknowledgement of what is and i think Mm -hmm. expanding the boundary of what these relationships can be and if you're in a committed relationship allowing the flexibility to commit to like be with these kind of soul partners Mm -hmm. you know and and hold whatever rules you want about the physical elements of it but to deny someone from having these connections with all too often we see hey are you spending time with you're spending too much time because people get threatened by these emotional connections you know i think you're really missing out you are at that point you are and and this is one thing that i've learned a lot from you is is to love without attachment and love without the need to possess and i think that's one thing that women struggle with a little bit because this whole reinforcement of being chosen by a man like i pick you to be my wife and 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 there there's still that conditioning and so i think that a lot of women a lot of people in general but i'm i'm a woman and i you know i'll speak from that perspective there's a lot of fear that comes up when we feel like wait you're mine but there's another woman here and so we get threatened by that and and that's when the issues of jealousy and possession and all that kind of stuff comes up but if we can really learn how to love without attachment, then we don't have to suffer with all of those feelings. If we know we don't, we don't need to possess someone to feel safe. Yeah, because that's I think one of the the the, sh- the shadow sides of the feminine is moving out of is this need to feel chosen and that the man makes me feel safe. It's like no, 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 sister, you create that safety inside yourself. Don't look for a man to come do it for you. Yeah, we have this fallacy that the the prison walls of your agreement will be what actually keeps somebody. Yeah. locked away except we're all motherfucking houdini and we can get out anytime <laughs> we want it's so only our will and volition that actually keeps anybody from staying anywhere yeah. so like how about focus on the love instead of relying on these contracts exactly. you know what's worse than a contract that's forcing you to do something that you don't want to do it's just going to build resentment it's going to build you know ways that you can sneak around it sneak out at night burrow under the walls go out have your fun and then burrow back in what i was here the whole time like what do you mean you know and that's what we're seeing in our culture yeah. is, is all these ways to skirt these walls these fortresses that are built up in these contracts mm-hmm. and it's not it's not working like what's no. going to actually keep someone secure is love 
Like love, love is yeah. the greatest bond that yeah. you can create. And it's a lot stronger than fear and control and all of these other factors. Like that will keep someone willingly, you know, willingly coming back. It's amazing how much freedom creates safety and commitment. <laughs> like yeah. when someone really feels free, like the freer I am in a relationship to feel self-expressed, to feel not judged, the more I lean into it. The more I lean in, that the minute I feel restricted or confined in any way, the more I, I want to pull back from it. So it, it, and it's that sense of, I think that's the biggest gift we can give to someone is like, I see you and I grant you just total freedom of self-expression, whatever that looks like to you. And in order to do that, it helps to get to a place inside ourself where we really have a good inner relationship. We have this, this- You have to. You have to. Because if you're in that codependent, I need something from you to feel whole, then you're constantly terrified that that thing that you need from somebody is gonna go yeah. away. You know, until you are like fully self-sustained and like, oh yeah, I'm good, yeah. you know, but I enjoy the hell out of you. And anything that we share is just going to add more to my life. But I don't need you. I just love you. Right. Like that's the place to operate from. Then this gets really magical. It does. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Hard though. It is. (laughs) Hard though. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things where you put in like some solid years of like, I look at this, the, the past year that I had, it was, it was hard in a lot of ways, but my ROI <laughs> on this yeah. past year in terms of what I learned and how I learned to navigate fear and just just a, a deeper, it also gave me a deeper commitment to my purpose and my mission to help, you know, because really my mission is to help people out of suffering, tra- to transform their suffering and step into their full potential and make the impact that they're uniquely here to express and make. And and the gift of this past year for me was was just a, re- a, a deeper connection to that. Like it made me even more passionate so for anybody that's going through like a hard time right now or you're putting in a lot of work be it a relationship or your health or whatever it may be this is a finite period of time that can reap so many rewards and so many changes moving forward because because you know when it's hard what we're doing is we're breaking patterns we're breaking patterns we're breaking beliefs that's why it's so hard is because the ego is like oh shit what's going on like things are changing here and it really wants to to fight to keep us the same in a lot of ways but there's there's a breaking point that we eventually get to where we see the shifts and we see the changes and we're like, oh, okay, that was all that was all really for me. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like when the next hard thing comes, we forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh. but I have found that my um my hard times don't last as long, and I have more tools and I relate to them differently. Yeah, it can be frustrating when it feels like you keep learning the same shit over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes i feel like i'm back in the prison cell but i got all the keys yeah and i'm just like yep here's all my keys not gonna (laughs) use any of them i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna sit here because i deserve it yeah because why am i here in the fucking first place i got all the keys somebody put me clearly (laughs) clearly i'm i'm here because i deserve it Mm. you know and it's like this weird these weird traps and then finally i'm like Okay, I got the keys. Might as well let myself out here you know it's, it's so weird i don't know and it's still you know, I, I see a future and I see a place where I just don't put myself in prison anymore. You know, I don't put myself in in the trappings of my own mind mm-hmm. where, you know, I know I have the keys and I just walk in and out way quicker. But, you know, it hasn't quite happened yet. But it's certainly you're right. Like it's I spend, less, don't you I think? spend fewer, less amount of time yeah. there and I have a deeper faith that 
when I'm ready, I'll get myself out of this. Yeah. And we have more awareness. At least you're aware that you're in the prison with the keys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I was on my way to my last, I did a uh, plant medicine journey last week and I was on, on the plane and my mind was going, oh my God, what if I have a psychotic break? What if it's laced with something? Like, just like, just, just, just going bad places, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was able to observe my mind and go, huh, that's interesting mind. Why aren't you thinking, what it, I'm so blessed that I'm going and I have access to this kind of sacred medicine and this tool, this could be a beautiful experience. And, and that was a big, just, just that awareness that this is where my mind is going and it has a choice to go a different way, that's huge. So for people that are listening, like if you notice yourself in the prison cell or you notice yourself, your mind going down, like a track that it goes down, just the fact that you're aware that you're in the cell or your mind is going to a negative place, that's a huge step. Yep. Because that's showing that that higher self, like your consciousness is coming in going, okay, like, hello, pay attention to this. Like there's a choice point here. And gradually and gradually and gradually, as we start to make different choices and different responses, we spend less time in the prison cell. We spend yep. less time on the track of the mind going to doomsday. And, you know, then we die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That was really uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to go enjoy that great mystery. Yeah. That great mystery indeed. It is. Christine, you're the best. You're the best. Thanks for stopping by. Anything uh, you want to bring to people's attention? Bring to people's attention. Um, well, they can check out my podcast if they want over and on with it. Coach people live on the air. Love it. People are really brave, really vulnerable. We do some great work on the show. Get to hear a lot of these things we were talking about and get to see them in action. So yeah, head on over there. Yeah. So Take if you're listen. in it and stuck, then listen to yeah. over and on with it. Or if you just like <laughs> psychology and you just like learning about this yeah. stuff, you know, one, one of the reasons I wanted to do the show was, um, I learn so much by watching other people be facilitated because my defenses are down. I thought, hmm, what if we could make it more public, like take coaching mm -hmm. therapy sessions and make them accessible to people so that people could have those insights for themselves, so. Beautiful. And if anybody's interested um, in more poetry, check out my blog. I'll probably mention that on the outro too, but I've uh, been putting out some poetry pretty regularly lately, so definitely check that Good out. Good stuff. And yeah. Love you. Love you. Love everybody. Have a good day, whoever you are, wherever you are, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Give yourself some love. You're awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you're interested in more poetry, please check out AubreyMarcus.com and hit the poetry link. And you can actually sign up for the weekly newsletter that'll have some book reviews and have some poetry, and you'll be the first to read it. Also, make sure to leave a review on the podcast if you enjoyed it and share it with your friends. The more, the merrier. Love meeting new people. Had a great time at the Aubrey Marcus Mastermind Weekend. For those of you who weren't able to make it, I encourage you to keep a lookout for the next one. It's really a beautiful opportunity to share some time with community and actually put some of these principles that we talk about directly into practice. Much love, everyone. I'll see you next week.